the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. That's 1 Thessalonians 5.18. And with that scripture on this first edition of Exploring the Word this week, the Monday edition, and it is Thanksgiving week, we're going to talk about 1 Thessalonians 5.18 and giving thanks. And this is Alex McFarland, along with Bert Harper. And you're listening to the American Family Radio Network, the show Exploring the Word. And a special show today because for two-thirds of the show, two segments, we are going to take calls after we discuss this scripture. But Bert, I want to say it's really an honor to be with you in the studio. Uh, I will not be worrying about uh, bandwidth or technical issues because I've got the privilege of being right here at headquarters in studio. We love it when you're in studio. It does make it a little easier on the sound guy. And uh, today it's Marty and he's running the board and uh, he just, he's all smiles right now. He doesn't have to worry about his, is Alex gargling? Is that a little bit bandwidth? And it's always a joy to have you, but also just admit it, the energy goes up just a little bit more when you're here. So it's good to have you, Alex. Well, amen. And, you know, Thanksgiving is a special week. We'll talk about it uh, multiple times. I really do. We're, we're coming into my favorite part of the year, Bert. I've always loved Thanksgiving. I, you know I love Christmas because I talk about it so much. But isn't it special just to, as the year kind of begins to coalesce, we're getting, you know, the last... I suppose, 40, 45 days of the year. And we think about how good God is, don't we? We do. And again, Thanksgiving, just to set it aside, there's six universities that have said, we're not celebrating Thanksgiving. We're mourning for America. Mm -hmm. Uh, Their perspective, and it is perspective, is entirely, uh, you know, they're on, they're wrong. Uh, You know, it's a time for Thanksgiving. It is a joy And again, it comes from the pilgrims who came to America to share the good news of Jesus Christ. You know, used to, Alex, did you study the Mayflower Compact when you were in school, or had they already put it aside? No, we read it, and uh, the Mayflower Compact, the preamble to the Constitution, we learned all that stuff. We did, and I, I I know they're not talking much about the Mayflower Compact, if any. But that was a founding document, if you look at it. No, not for our country, but for the settlement of this continent. And it was the purpose of glorifying the Lord and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And again, that is the commission that we have, and that has not changed. So I love Thanksgiving. It's a time to rejoice, a time to give thanks. And our reminding of an old hymn, count your blessings, name them one by Amen. one. And uh, it'd be a good thing to do. I mean, are there some traditions at the Harper household? <laughs> well, yes, there is. We do enjoy the meal. Uh, admit that, and we enjoy. We we usually go around sharing Thanksgiving. Uh, my wife is the creative one in our in our home, and she usually comes up with something. We've got something planned, unique for this year, and we'll see how it goes. But I, let me just say, then we settle back and watch Ole Miss and Mississippi State football. Of usually. course, exactly. Uh, they, that's that's home for us in Mississippi, and 
Uh, we enjoyed seeing that, and it'll be a it's the main game this Thanksgiving, so we're looking forward to it. Well, um, my niece Alexandria, and she's married now, and they live in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, Alexandria and Scott, and maybe they're listening because out there in Defiance, Ohio, and Van Wert and Fort Wayne, I know we have listeners, and so Allie and Scott will be coming in, and we'll Angie and I will be going up. We're going to be with my sister in Roanoke, Virginia, Caroline and David. And uh, they might be listening. And, uh, you know, everywhere when I look at the map, I think about our family and our dear friends, the Exploring the Word listeners. I was just this past weekend, I want to say a big shout out, big, big thanks to Banner Church. Um, It's really Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, uh, Byron Center, Michigan is the, the town. And did you know there's a Wyoming, Michigan? Yes, I did. Exactly. I, I, I have a friend that spent some time there. Life Action Ministers were in Wyoming. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we kept up with him. And uh, great, great. Yeah, Wyoming. I, first time I read that, I said, it's got to be a misprint, but it's not. No, it's real, I know. real place. And I was up there, and there's uh, folks that, um, of course, you know, Grand Rapids is a big um, kind of epicenter of Christian publishing. Uh, Our Daily Bread, the devotional book that we read, and Zondervan, and so much is up there. A lot of God's people up in Michigan. Well, I was there this weekend, and we had some wonderful services. It was well promoted, and uh, I just want to say a big, big thanks to Banner Church in uh, the Grand Rapids area for letting me come, and we had a good weekend of biblical worldview. Yeah. You know, Michigan's a great, great state, beautiful state. You got the uh, upper it, peninsula, and you got that area, and uh, Michigan's a great place. So we thank you guys for having Alex there. And yeah, uh, so we want to give thanks. But I got to ask you, let's let's talk about this passage real quickly. Notice, I think the terminology is very important. In everything, give thanks. Right. What is the difference in in everything, give thanks, and giving? thanks for everything. Is there a difference, Alex? Well, you know, I don't think we necessarily have to give thanks for everything, but I think we can and should give thanks in everything. While we're going through that which is difficult? Yeah, exactly. Or even tragic? Yeah. I mean, we give thanks even in those times. Hey, um, even in the lives of some of the most devout Christians, there can be some very... um, things that are merely an inconvenience to things that are downright tragic. We don't have to thank uh, God for everything because there's some things that come our way just by virtue of being in a fallen world or, you know, the, the Bible talks about the world, the flesh, the devil. But I do think we can give thanks in everything. And it's not easy, and I think only the Holy Spirit can help us to this point. But I think sometimes we can say, Lord, uh, what lesson do you want me to learn here? You know, what What can I glean? So First uh, Thessalonians 5, of course, written by the Apostle Paul, uh, there's so much very famous scriptures, pray without ceasing, rejoice evermore. But verse 18 especially, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So the scope in everything, you know, the obligation, give thanks. And, and when we read that, it is the will of God for us to be thankful. Uh, If you read the entire passages in the scriptures, you'll find that thankfulness is an attitude that a follower of Christ needs to have, and I would say develop. Romans 1 talks about the development of a reprobate, 
and one of those is being unthankful. Uh, being unthankful is dangerous. Just let me share with you. When you are not being thankful, you are treading on dangerous ground. It is for your benefit that you have a thankful heart. Again, that doesn't mean you're thankful. Oh, we had this tragic accident and this happened, just like the, what happened up in uh, Wisconsin, uh, you know, with the Christmas parade. No, we don't thank God for that. But in that, we give thanks. You say, how can you do it? Where there were five killed, I praise God there wasn't six. There could be others dead. 48 was tragically hurt and injured. Uh, thankful that they was able to catch that man. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hopefully, I'll be thankful for them to be able to rediscover how this man was released and let go and, and, and things such as that. But in this, we are thankful. Now, what does that do? That doesn't make you weird or anything. That lets you know that you're trusting God. So, Alex, I can trust God in everything that comes my way. I can trust him. Therefore, in that, I give thanks that I, I, am, I am trusting him. Well, you know, there, there's a kind of uh, pronoun in the Bible, uh, an interrogative pronoun that asks questions. You know, the word interrogate, you know, asking questions. Who, where, why, when, how much, to what degree? And that's, that's what we could see here. Uh, how much in everything? What? Gratitude and humility. Why? Because God has a plan. He really does have a plan. How do we do this? In Christ Jesus. And who is to do this? You and me. So, uh, believe it or not, the the how much, the what, the why, the how, and the who are interrogative pronouns. But let me talk about this for just a minute. Um, giving thanks. Uh, this does reflect the state of our heart. I mean, the most primary thing for which we give thanks for, people would say, well, salvation, of course. And, and I get that. But even prior to that is life. Bert, I think one of the great uh, things that we don't fully comprehend, but we should um, turn our heart toward this subject, is the fact that the good Lord made us. We have life. Life is sacred in all contexts, isn't it? At the point of conception. Let me say that. We're not getting on that, but it is. I, I want to do this. I don't want time to run out on this because we are going to take calls, and that number is 888-589-8840. We're going to take calls for two segments here today, and uh, we just feel like we want to communicate with as many of you as we can. But connect 1 Thessalonians 5.18 to Romans 8.28. Mm. Let's do that. It says, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. The way it's read in Greek, it is not inappropriate. It's really more appropriate. We know that God works all things for good together for those that are good to those who are called according to his purpose. God is able to take some of the most tragic events and work them for a good purpose. Yes, I've seen it again and again. I've seen death of someone bring about change in others. Now, again, I wish there's some other way. It's not that God caused that death. It's not God causing that tragedy. It's God taking that and work it for good. Uh, many of these things that happened to us are our own, own choosing. Oh, I know. If you sow to the flesh, 
you shall of the flesh reap corruption. That's not God's will for you to sow to the flesh. So doing that does not make make you know God a part of it. He's not a He's not a part of the equation of cause, but he is part of the equation to restore and help. Well, if you sin and there's consequences, don't blame God. You know, I, I was just reading an interview with a, a certain celebrity who was just saying some terribly blasphemous things. Uh, and I thought, humble yourself and, you know, be quiet before God. And when you leave this world, you're not going to be getting up in God's face and shaking your <laughs> fist at God. If if we do wrong and there's negative consequences, we really have to accept responsibility, not blame the Lord. David is one of the most real illustrations of that. He sinned with Bathsheba, with her husband Uriah. Sin, sin, even more sin. He confessed it after he was confronted by the prophet Nathan. But guess what? The consequences remained. He had rebellion in his home. He had accidents and issues and horrible issues in his home that did not go away so yet god is able to work and he's able to work through those things on this uh monday before thanksgiving in all things all things give thanks for everything uh that's god's will for you uh, and it is a good will and so find that only in Christ Jesus. I pray you'd give thanks. Hey, Alex, we're going to take phone calls, or I'm excited about it, having extra time to take phone calls. Okay, here's the number, everybody, 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. Call in. We'll take your questions on this Monday special edition of Exploring the Word. We look forward to hearing from you and your calls when we come back right after this. This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today we pray for Sochil Torres-Small, Undersecretary of Agriculture for Rural Development. She's the Principal Advisor to the Secretary of Agriculture. 1 Corinthians 15.58 reminds us of the importance of progress and growth in our communities. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Dear God, we ask you to guide Sochil Torres Small as she works on behalf of rural development in this country. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. Most people think that heaven is something we only experience after life on earth is done. But Dr. Tony Evans says that isn't necessarily true. He'll explain why as we spend two minutes with Tony. You can be in Dallas and be in a meeting in Chicago without ever leaving Dallas. Because the way technology has happened is that connections are made between a place you aren't to put you there while you still aren't there. So you're physically in Dallas, but you're in the meeting in Chicago because technology has put you in two places at one time. Now, before man ever created all this techy stuff, God had a spiritual system in place to connect us from earth 
to heaven without leaving your location. And that spiritual connection point has every believer in heaven while they never leave the premises on earth. The problem is we get so used to earth that we never connect the spiritual technology to heaven and wind up with the limitations of earth. When you trust Christ for the forgiveness of sins, you're now on your way to heaven. But when you submit to the lordship or the rulership of Jesus Christ over every area of your life, that's when heaven can visit you. It covers all of my life because I am not my own. He says, I want to be Lord while you're living and when you're dead. I don't want to just be Lord when it comes time to go to heaven. I want to be Lord on your way there. Learn how prayer can bring more of heaven into your earthly life. Check out Tony's CD series, Igniting Kingdom Prayer, available online at TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. But he saves the poor from the sword of their mouth and from the hand of the strong. So the helpless has hope and injustice has shut its mouth. American Family Radio. When you die, are you going to heaven or not? You can know for sure. Heaven or not. Dot net. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. We're taking calls early today, and we've got people who are responding. Man, you didn't take long. By the way, if you heard that Bible verse right before we were coming back, that was uh, our, our board op today, Marty Sparks. And if he's not running the board, he's usually answering the phone a lot of times. He's the call screener for us many days. And uh, we really enjoy that. Uh, different employees all over AFA, AFR, uh, they came in and they taped a Bible verse that meant a lot to them, and they play that here, and we really enjoy that, and we appreciate that. So, so Marty, a job well done, brother. I appreciate you. Hey, Alex, we got any callers today? Oh, my goodness. Well, we do, and we're so thankful. And by the way, if you want to call in, Bert and I will do our best to get to your calls the number is 888-589-8840. First of all, we'll go down to one of my favorite parts of the world. It's called Texas. And in Texas, we've got John. John, welcome to Exploring the Word. Well, welcome, my brothers in Christ. Amen. Amen. We Amen. feel that, Amen. Texas. Welcome. John, what you yeah, got? Man. You bet. Okay, I'm a Catholic that usually calls you guys. I listen to you on the work, going to work. Hey, um... I was the one who said there's an infinite amount of goodness and all bad things. I gave you that quote about a week ago. Now, here's the deal. When you're going through some kind of trouble or turmoil in your life, you, it's a two-way street. You can accept it and try to learn from it and try to stay faithful, pray for understanding, work your way through it, and that's when the blessing will happen. Or you can choose anger, frustration, and hate God. So it's a two-way street. I'll give you one example, then I'll let it go. 
my wife was divorced. Her husband was cheating on her. And if you ask her what her worst day in her life was, she would say her divorce from her first husband. But my child would have been born if that wouldn't happen. Now, sometimes healing may take some time. But as long as God pray, I want to understand this. Help me to grow from this. It will be a blessing if you choose the better part. Praise God. Good luck, guys. Hmm. Listen. One of the most important words that John used was choose. Uh, you know, set before you today, uh, Moses said it is a blessing and a cursing. Which one will you choose? You know, and a lot of times after the worst things that happen to you, uh, Alex, he's exactly right. What will you do with it? Will you take it and turn it inward and become bitter and angry? Or will you release it in over time? I'm not saying it happens immediately, but God is able to work. God takes those things and he works. And have you ever heard the wheels of justice grind slowly and they sometimes extreme? Attitude changes sometimes takes a little while. You yeah. know, forgiveness sometimes it is an event that takes time it's like again the area of forgiveness you forgive them but it rises up every once in a while and you must do it again it's an event that requires a process most of the time when it's been deep you know i was reading a book about uh, the ocean uh because i like water and i like to go fishing but anyway if you ask people about what determines the course of a boat they might say, well, the wind and the tides. Do you know what I was reading in this one book? It, it really isn't the wind and the tides. Now, the wind and the tides are forces to be dealt with, but what determines the course of a vessel is the rudder, the sail, or the engine. Now, I think about we Christians. We've got um, our rudder that steers us really ought to be the Word of God, and maybe uh, for the, the sail uh, or the engine, we could talk about Jesus and the Holy Spirit. But there's going to be these outside circumstances, the, the tides that try to push us and the wind that tries to drive us. But we're not adrift. We've got the Word of God. We've got the indwelling Holy Spirit of God. We've got Jesus. See, our, my relationship to Christ shapes all of my priorities my plans, my, um, you know, the things that I invest myself in. And so the circumstances, like the caller said, I mean, we, we trust in God and we, we live our lives according to his roadmap, don't we? Amen. John, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for calling. Where to next? Uh, we're going to go to Larry in, I believe it's in it's Iowa. 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 Is it okay? Iowa. Yeah. I need to know my state yeah. abbreviations. Welcome, Larry. Hello, good uh, good to hear from you guys. Uh, a while back, you we went through Acts, and uh, I called about Acts 16, verse 17, and we were talking about uh, the slave girl. You know, she wasn't there on her own. She was sent by, by her master, and she said, These men are servants of Most High God who proclaim to you a way of salvation. She was saying a way, meaning that they've got a way, but her master has a way. Her, her master was uh, the one that sent her there. So she was saying, yeah, they got away, but hey, I, 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 she had a reputation. She had uh, 
she had a, a spirit of uh, fortune telling. And when Paul turned to her, that's when she uh, 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 lost her power, and that's why Paul and Silas ended up in jail <laughs> because of that. But uh, she was saying, "Oh, way, not not that way." And that's so important to me. And, and two words are. Uh, and that'll make a lot of difference. Yeah. The yeah. way of salvation. You know, you were the English major. I was not. I was far from it. But I learned what a definite article is, Alex. Yeah. And, and it, it that's in English. But in Greek, it has the same, there's the same definiteness in there, the way. Yeah, yeah. And we know by reading the whole of the New Testament, I mean, Jesus is the way to salvation. Not one way among many, but the only way. You know, um, Jude verse 3 talks about the faith once delivered to the saints. And in John 14, 6, he says he is the way of salvation. And of course, many, many verses attest to the fact that there's no other way to be saved but through uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, in that Acts 17, when Paul and si Silas and Timothy are, are there and they're going through Philippi, um, there's this girl, and like, like the caller said, she had the spirit of divination or fortune-telling. And she, you know, in a way, I used to read this in Acts 16, 17. She followed behind Paul, shouting out, these men are servants of the Most High God. Well, they were servants of the Most High God. But it says she did this for days on end. And it's interesting how, in, in a way, what she was saying was true, but she was full of a, of a demon. Well, there's she several was disrupting. Places. Yeah, there was pl several places where demons recognized divinity deity and even those you know the one that said paul i know you know jesus i know paul i know but who are you yeah i mean that was a demon that would say that so there's there is um you know recognition book of james says the demons believe and tremble yeah. about the truth of jesus christ so uh they know truth yes well, we're going to go to Melinda in North Carolina. By the way, it's Monday, and we're taking two segments to take uh, your calls and Bible questions. So 888-589-8840 is the number. Melinda in North Carolina, welcome to Exploring the Word. Thank you so much. God bless you, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. I just wanted to um, really sort of almost be an example or an illustration of what the caller, I believe his name was John, said earlier. It was just on my heart about this time of Thanksgiving and the two sides um, in which I could see this holiday. But I'm overwhelmed with gratitude to our Lord for his love, his guidance, the guidance of his Holy Spirit, and for just what he means to us as believers. And um, it's been about four years that my husband left for, you know, his reasons and He's um, filing for divorce amidst, you know, my desire to have reconciled. But I and I could see it as, you know, a, a very sad thing. But when I look at how God has provided for me and my two teenage children, and how He's been so faithful to His word to do abundantly above all that I could ask or imagine, and I am just so, just, just so awed and so grateful for the closeness um, that he's been to us. And um, I just know I've come to know him in a way that's much deeper than I would have had I not gone through the situation. Linda, thank wow. you. You know, 
the Bible makes it plain that he is a father to the fatherless. But also he talks about being a husband, you know, uh, and, and he is that friend. He is he is the friend that you need. You know, be you and I are blessed because we're married to our friends, our best friends. We're Thank married. I, Jan is mine. I've heard you say it. Angie is yours. And to have a friend like that, but Jesus is that friend, and he can come in. Now, again, I, we're not saying, oh, it's better. Uh, the thing that needs to happen is husbands and wives that are wayward need to get right with God. Yeah, But uh, when that uh, separation, even divorce happens, it's amazing what God can do when you permit him into your life. And you learn do you learn things about God going through heartaches and difficulties, Alex? I, I really do think, Bert, that you in in navigating the, the the rough waters, you learn things about the faithfulness of God you might not have other otherwise learned. And so there might be somebody listening and being able to say, Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, that you're there. Thank you, Lord, that you're faithful. Thank you, Lord, that you're with me. Thanking God where you are might even be a step of faith in itself. But blessings, the, the faucet of blessings get turned on when you begin to thank God. I really believe that, Bert. I do too. And again, that's why it is best for you to have that thankful, that spirit of gratitude. And I have never met the spirit-filled Christian that was not grateful. I have okay. yet to do that. I've seen people struggle. Uh, with life, but they they come with an attitude of thankfulness, and they're looking for those things to be thankful for. They they look for that opportunity. So let me suggest, look for those opportunities You've got and to. things. Exactly. Well, Rob in West Virginia, we're glad you're you're holding, and we welcome you to the American Family Radio Network. Thanks, guys. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Ditto. Uh, what my question is. I have a neighbor that lives across the street. They've, it's a couple. It's an elderly couple. It's, it's actually a retired minister and his wife. And they're in their 90s, and his wife, is she's struggling terribly with dementia. And she's to the point now where, I mean, she doesn't even know him on a lot of occasions. She comes over and, and yells. And, and I'm just troubled. If, I was wondering if there was any explanation as to why some people – Physically, they're okay, but mentally, they're just so diminished that they can't even, they don't even recognize their spouse, and it's just such a terrible thing they have to deal with, and I was just wondering if there's any way that, that you could maybe uh, just give me some kind of uh, biblical explanation for that. Rob, thank you. I, let me just share with you. I know something of that. My dad, the last few years of his life, a good man, a godly man, uh, dementia came to be a part where he didn't recognize us or know us. Uh, explanation. I, we are not made, we were made before the fall of man to live, I don't know if it's eternity, but a lot longer, okay, than we are and to have our faculties well. Because of the fall of man and, and sin coming into the world, it affects us bodily, it affects us emotionally, it affects us in mentally. 
And that is one of the things, by living in a fallen world, you're going to have some of that happen. And for Alex, for me, uh, giving up my dad uh, emotionally was more difficult than giving him up physically. Mm. The physical part made the home going. I, it really made his home going a blessing. Wow. Because, wow. you know, he, he wouldn't want to live that way. I would say to this, Rob, explanation, it is we live in a fallen world, and that does affect believers who even, and it affects them memory and emotionally. Alex? Well, yeah, and you know what? I mean, there is with the fall, the degradation, uh, and it's part of the the uh, the scientific word is called the law of entropy. Our body's age, the, the cells, the telomeres of our body, they shorten, they decay, we age. And for some people, not all, but for many people, part of the aging process is the loss of mental faculties. Some people are very healthy in their body and they lose their, their mind. Some people are very healthy in their mind and their body fails. Um, I want to say this, we're going to go to the next call. We're in a fallen world. We're in a falling world. We're in a world that sometimes feels futile, but it isn't because you can know Christ and you know there's going to be not only God's presence here, but a brand new body, no more tears in heaven, a brand new life. We serve the Savior who said, behold, I make all things new. Let me share this. When my dad was dying, uh, I was in the room with him. And again, dementia had taken away so much. But as he was dying, I saw him hold his hand up and point toward the corner of the room. Later on, I found out someone who had written an article about the death of saints, that many times they can see the angels waiting on them to escort them to heaven. Oh, yeah. The best is yet to come. That's what's true physically or emotionally. The best is yet to come. We'll be back right after this break with more of Exploring the Word. So Hannah, she's just one of the women who did struggle with infertility in the Bible. Hannah's Heart with Ann Cockrell and Kendra White. Hannah took her pain to God and God heard her and was with her. Hannah's Heart helps couples process infertility and miscarriage through a biblical lens. Join us Saturday afternoon at 5 Central on American Family Radio. Find the podcast at AFR.net. Hello, I'm Gary Roby, host of Call to Worship, heard each Sunday on American Family Radio. This one-hour program will lead you in a special time of worship and praise. We will focus on God's Word, spoken, and in music. Call to Worship has a different topic each week as we glorify God together. Be sure to join us at 5 a.m. Central each Sunday for a Call to Worship right here on American Family Radio. Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. A friend of mine who pastors a church in Nigeria once said to me, you know, America has sent more missionaries into the world than any other nation before it. But the nation that once sent missionaries has now become the mission field. As you consider the calling God has for you, I just want to remind you, that just as other nations need missionaries, we need missionaries in America, too. 
There are a lot of neighborhoods right here in our country that desperately need evangelism and discipleship. Let's not forget about them. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner or visit the podcast page at AFR.net for more from Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with today's Moving Forward Minute. Psalm 37, verse 21 says, The righteous is generous and gives. A man climbing a snowy mountain got colder and colder as he gained elevation. Soon he came upon a stranger, collapsed and unconscious in the snow. The man sprang into action, wrapping the frozen man in his own coat and vigorously rubbing his arms and legs to warm him up. And as he worked, he warmed up also. That's how it works when we give, even out of need. God uses it to bless us. God calls us to be generous. When we give to others, it blesses us as well. When you see someone in need, share what you have, even if it's little. Blessings are ours when we take the opportunity to help others. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 8.30 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. Now, back to the Bible study you're listening to, Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. It's about the cross, it's about my sin, it's about how Jesus came to be born once so that we could be born again. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. We're taking phone calls. We did it in the second segment. We're going to keep doing it in this one, and uh, our our all the lines are full right now, so... Uh, there's no need to keep on trying, I don't think, right now, because we'll do good to try to get to all of these, and we're going to try to get to all of them, Alex. We're going to do our best. Yeah, where do we go to first? We're going to go to a little place that I'm somewhat familiar with called North Carolina. Don in North Carolina, welcome to Exploring the Word. Well, thank you very much, Bert and Alex. We appreciate your ministry on American Family Radio, a listener and supporter. Well, thank you. Thank you, friend. Let me just say this. We love people who are listening. Then we love folks who listen and pray. And we love people who listen and pray and share. And then we love people who listen, pray, share, and support. So, man, you've got all four of those checked. (laughs) Larry, thank you, brother. Blessings to you, brother. Thank you, sir. Uh, Just um, I had a question my son-in-law asked me. um, I have 52 years in ministry and uh, just recently retired from pastoring, but not ministry. You never retire from that. (laughs) Uh, But uh, he was asking a question, and I had never considered it. Uh, When the references in the scriptures say the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and then the name change was for Jacob to Israel, and he said it never refers to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. And the only thing that I could uh, figure out looking at it, um, one, in the Strong's, um, in the Hebrew, Israel is the same reference number all the way down for the same word every time Israel is used, and the same thing in the Greek. Um, in the references uh, for Israel in the New Testament. And I said, the only thing I could think of was uh, that, you know, God calls Jacob by his name for distinction, and children of Israel are Jacob's children, but it's the nation of Israel, and therefore it's, it's a distinction. 
Can y'all shed some more light on that? Okay, I, that's a great question. I I had noticed it. I had not questioned it. But it's fun. They don't use Abram either. They he uses Abraham. Yeah. And then he uses Jacob. I want to give you an asset to that. I know he changed his name to Israel, but yet at the same time, Jacob brings back the son of promise. Right. Okay. Right. He's the son of promise even before his name was changed. And most of the time, Abraham, the God of Abraham, Jacob, uh, Isaac, and Jacob, it's it's talked about a promise. Yeah. So Jacob yeah. was the son of promise. I would agree with everything Don said about Israel not mixing them up, but I, I think that son of promise has a great deal of prominence. In well, that and, and then there are several times like in Job, Ecclesiastes, and Zephaniah 2.9 where they talk about Yahweh, quote, the God of Israel. And so I, I realize, like you say, you know, Jacob's name has changed to Israel. But I, I think you're right when they'll say Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, who keeps his covenant to a thousand generations and everything. I think uh, maybe that kind of language is, uh, for lack of a better word, grandfathered in. Yeah. So they would all recognize that. But then they, several times it does refer to, quote, the God of Israel, or sometimes Yahweh, Lord of hosts, comma, the God of Israel. Yep. Hey, Don, thank you. Hey, brother, I appreciate you saying that about not quitting ministering. Uh, retirement's not in the Bible, but change of direction nope. is sometimes. So, brother, thank you, and keep listening. Where do we go to next, Alex? Well, we're going to go to Georgia and talk with Larry. Larry, welcome. Hey, guys, let's have a quick question. Um, you guys think that if um, Adolf Hitler was a born-again Christian, you know, I don't know if he was or wasn't, but if he was a born-again Christian, that he's in heaven for eternal life right now, and I'll hang up listen to your answer. Uh, um, you know, I don't think we have any evidence whatsoever that he was a born-again Christian. Uh, um, uh, you know, the Bible says God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but Hitler was a wicked man who did demonic things, and uh, um, only God knows, but I think... Uh, Everything in rational thought leads us to realize he's in hell right now. There's no sign of anything of any kind of remorse with uh, Judas's chariot. At least you had a remorse. I think it was a selfish remorse, Alex, but it was remorse. There is nothing in history concerning Adolf Hitler where there was any kind of remorse of that I've read at what he had done and what he had, his henchmen had done. Uh, I, I, I don't think you have to wonder about that question. Uh, if we're, can God forgive all sin? Yes, he can. Uh, but God's word says he will not always strive with man. Yeah. Not, that's not just true with mankind, Alex. I don't know when that is, yeah. you know, uh, you ever, you ever there must be a time of, okay, no more. The Holy Spirit has, has come to you and hard and like Pharaoh's heart was hardened and hardened and hardened. Is there a point where it's so hard that it does not respond? Yeah. Well, did, was it J. Harold Smith who used to preach God's three, three deadlines? deadlines? That's it. I remember, oh goodness gracious. And he would talk about the fact, and he said this and you don't hear this kind of preaching much anymore. I think we probably should. He said, you might have walked into this sanctuary savable, but if you resist God this one last time, you might never 
have another opportunity. And, and so that's why the Bible says, seek the Lord while he may be found. I, I, I grew up here in preaching like that, and yeah. I, I, we have softened that area. Are we right in saying that? I, I have mixed feelings about that. If you're still feeling like, oh, me, I need to do something, there's hope, I believe. But uh, there's some people that I've heard and talked to, uh, it, it, their past feeling, that's yeah. scary. And uh, I'm not sure Hitler was not one of those guys. Exactly. Larry, thank you for listening. Uh, Kelly in Arkansas. Kelly, thanks for holding. Welcome to Exploring the Word. You know, the other day I had an opportunity with a guy. We had a story about a bad wreck, and it come out with about five different versions. And I told the guy, I said, you know, I'm glad the Bible scholars didn't contradict themselves and give us, you know, so much confusion. I'm just, I just love the word, the fact that it does not contradict itself, and we can trust what it says. Amen. <laughs> Listen, how important is that? Now, what you have, you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are called the synoptic gospels. They cover the same ministries that Jesus had. Now, John, uh, he would major on Jesus' Judean ministry, while the other three majored on the Galilean ministry. Now, all four of the Gospels talks about the last weeks of Jesus' life, and John goes into more detail than that. Even in those, there's no contradiction, and they were all written years apart, Alex. Uh, there's very little doubt that Mark was the first one that was written. John was the last one that was written. And, and no doubt Luke was probably third, Matthew second. That's the way most people line it up because of what we hear and what we say. Yet no contradiction in those. Now, again, that is phenomenal that you would have them covering those things. They say, well, one of them says one angel and one of them says two. Well, if there was two angels, that meant there was at least one angel. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, that's not a contradiction. There are, There's not a contradiction. There's some things there that you look at and you have to think about it. Oh, yeah, I see that. And uh, But I agree with you, Kelly. That gives a sh It's called a sure word, guys. Yeah. We have a sure word from God. Amen. Amen. And you know what? Uh, there are many books out there. Uh, one of the more recent defenders of the faith, who I think does such a good job from a unique perspective, is J. Warner Wallace, Jim Wallace, former uh, cold case homicide detective. And he talks about the fact that the four different Gospels give complementary, but not contradictory details, but complementary details. He says, look, if, if he were interviewing Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, their story is just totally, totally credible because they give complementary details. And this is from one of America's most, um, you know, renowned crime solvers, J. Warner Wallace. You might want to check out some of his research. I think it's very, very good. Alex, if the stories line up too much alike, they think there is a little bit of conspiracy. Yeah, or you co know? collusion. Yeah. Hey, going to go down to Texas Bobby in Texas. I've got to ask, is this my friend Bobby Joe? It sure is, my <laughs> beloved brother. And I tell you, preaching greetings. And I hope the Lord fortifies you both to keep, keep bringing his love and, and truth and, and uh, confidence because you guys do a great job. And I, I just wanted to give a little, little testimony to the 
young Christians out there. I'm 12 years old. Alex, you know me. <laughs> you know, uh, we love daughter. you, brother. One, one of our great blessings has been cultivating the friendship with you, my dear friend. Well, I've, I'm, a, I'm a listener and I'm a supporter, and, and, I, and I, I just love the truth. And, and these young Christians, they better, they better start realizing if you're getting false doctrine, it's time to stand up. The truth does not walk with you. You have to walk with the truth. And, and it's no so simple that God makes this for us that common sense logic, any person, if they can reason two and two is four, should be able to understand that it's, this, is, this is true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so with saying that, you know I lost my 12-year-old daughter in 2012. Mm. I've had a few Christians that say, oh, that must be the hardest thing you've ever done. I'm like, no, no, it's a blessing. I got six years blessed with her it was god knew it before it all ever happened so you have to go through these things in order to be where you're at and god uses romans eight twenty eight. i love it it's it's so simple to figure out that you can choose to either have joy or you can choose to have anger and discord and and amen. bitterness amen bobby and thank you man choosing bitterness amen one of the first things I did as a young preacher, uh, preachers, you think, oh, that'd be an easy job. Listen, go into a funeral home where a couple has lost their only son, and you looking at doing all the things you're doing as a pastor. Well, I remember the first thing that I went there, and and the man, he came out and I was just there. I didn't know what I'd say, but he told me this. He says, Bert, I have a choice. I can thank God for the 17 years I had Greg, or I can blame God for the years that I didn't, I don't, I will not have him. He said, I choose to thank God for the years I had him. Hmm. That spoke volumes. The pastor didn't help him. That man helped his pastor, yeah. and uh, what a testimony. So, Bobby, you're right. I choose to thank God for the years that I had her. Thank you, Bobby. God bless you. Thank you for, for sharing that testimony. And, and I want to say, Bobby Joe, your witness for the Lord is a great, great testimony to so many people, myself included. But we're going to talk to Cassidy in Tennessee. Cassidy, welcome. Thanks for holding. Hey. Go right ahead, man. Can you hear me? Yes. Yep. I'm hearing myself on the radio. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, so I was telling the guy just a minute ago that um, I had a, a severe drug problem for years, and um, I lost both my kids to foster care, and um, I did the 12 steps, and I went to rehab, and everybody was saying that you have to have a spiritual awakening and get this relationship with a higher power. So I was always looking for this big thing to happen and i never found that and uh, i read somewhere that sometimes god talks to you just a whisper it's not going to be some loud huge thing that happens so once i started letting that sink in and i quit i just started looking for little things i I could see them happening and i started to grow this relationship with god and i I got my kids back i've been clean a while now and uh my son my 10 year old son and i got baptized about a month ago together it was a really great time. I mean, we both will remember it forever. But he, now he has all these questions about 
the Bible and things like, does God have hair? And where was Joseph when Jesus was on the cross? And um, which Bible, where, which, where do we start in the Bible? How do we read the Bible? What, what, do we read it from the front to the back? And, you know, I'm new into all this religious Christian God stuff. So I don't know how to answer any of those questions. Hey, man, thank you for where call- to start. Hey, yeah. brother, thank you for calling. You've made our day to to talk to you. Let me make this. Let's do it real quickly. If I were reading, and this is what I suggest, I tell people start reading in the book of John, the gospel of John. Yes. Uh, Cassidy, listen, it is plain. It shows the miracles of Jesus. It shows the conversation Jesus has with other people. It really tells us about Jesus. And if you start there, I, I want to tell you, uh, you can move on from there, but that is a great place to start, wouldn't you say, Alex? I would say that. And, you know, so many verses, this is simplistic, but Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Um, do the right things every day uh, and ask God, Lord, help me know the right things to do. Like, Bert says, read the Gospel of John. Just through your life, the decisions you make, what you do with your spare time, uh, going to church, um, it is God's will for every Christian to be in church. And don't let difficulties throw you off. Yeah. Uh, Cassidy, difficulties is, will come your way, even though this, quote, God thing, and that that's not bad to call it because it is. It's a good thing. This this God thing's a good thing. Don't let the difficulties throw you off. Hey, Alex, we're going to do this again tomorrow. We do are. one segment and get two two segments of calls in, brother. We are. And listen, I know we've got a few people holding. Now, listen carefully. An hour from now, I'm going to be subbing on the Hamilton Corner. So if we didn't get to your call, uh, the Hamilton Corner, I'll be hosting that. We're going to be talking about Wisconsin, the parade, the tragedy there, several other news events, plus taking calls all through that hour. So take a break, and I'll be back on the Hamilton Corner at 5 p.m. Central. Until then, tomorrow, we want you to tell someone about exploring the Word, but more importantly, tell them about Jesus. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.